world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Uh, back on the range. Get yourself some communion. We're going to take communion here today. Uh, hey, Steve Deck, you were, you were the first thing came out of my my uh, my wife's uh, mouth this morning. Now I just lost my train of thought because she what was it she said? What? Oh, I know what it was. Steve, you ready? And Craig, you too. Hey, Craig Mecco, you. I I don't know why I'm yelling over there. Hey, Craig, you too. Three three twenty three. That's today. Three, three, twenty-three. Now I don't know what that means, but that boy, I gotta mean something, doesn't it? Three, oh. three, twenty-three. So that's what Michelle said, Steve. First thing this morning, she came out and said, three, three, twenty-three. I wonder what Steve Deck thinks about that. So you're on my wife's mind, Steve. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to explode. Oh my goodness, it's gonna be good. Good, good. Um, get ready. We're gonna do communion. Joe's gonna take us in communion. Myra already prayed us in. Um, look, look. I got I got so encouraged last night, so encouraged, and I'm going to I'm going to show you why. Can I can I tell you something? Yes, I can. I don't know why. We all have phrases we say over and over. Can I tell you something? I mean, I'm not asking for permission. Of course, of course, I can tell you something. It's a show. Let me tell you something. How about that? Let me tell you something. <clears throat> we have the worst Christian leadership in the history of Christianity right now, right now, right now, right now. I'm going to get into that. And people say, uh, Coach, um, I get the emails. Coach, you're always beating up on the pastors. No, I'm not. Not the real ones. I'm not. I'm not beating up on the real ones. I'm beating up on those fake guys. I'm doing that. And dare I say it, those fake guys and those fake women. Oh, I'm going to, I'm, Michelle, I'm going to get in trouble. Go get in trouble. Huh? Women pastors, are you kidding me? Really, really, are you kidding me? Can anybody find where that's okay in the scriptures? Now, I think women ought to be able to minister. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. My wife's a great minister, but she's under my authority. And when a woman stands in the pulpit, is she under the authority of her husband? Is she under the covering of her husband? Does the husband sit there and listen to Pastor Pastor Melissa? Something not right here. It's all about the effeminization of what's going on. I'm going to get into it. But before I get in, I'm going to calm down, be a good little Christian boy, Hold my hands the way they taught me when I took First Communion in the Catholic Church. You guys all learned to do that? What, what does that mean? I know what that means. What does that mean? And they all come out. You go to the Catholic Church. They all come out in the procession. They all got their hands. What does that mean? What's that? Uh, I'm in one of those moods today. It's going, it's going to all be good. It's going to all be good, I promise you. Hey, we've got that big event coming this weekend in Dayton. If you want to go, go let me know. Make connections with you. I, I, look, uh, I don't care where you are. We'll, we'll pick you up. We'll meet you. We'll do whatever. If you if you want to go, you got to let us know. Uh, we're having communion on 3-3-23. I got to tell you a little bit about when I went to Worthington School. Well, let me tell you now because I'm going to get back to it. Hang on, Joe. I'll get you right in here. When, when I was, I spoke to two classes yesterday. And yeah, I had to be there. And when it was over, each class is an hour. And when the second hour was over, Eight boys would not leave. They gathered around me. I can't, I'm not, I'm not making it. I'll call the teacher if you want me to. They gathered around me for an hour. For an hour. The class ended. It was lunchtime. They gathered around a circle for an hour and asked me questions. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. No, not no girls. You know what it was? I could smell the testosterone. Boom. 
I couldn't get enough of it. And can I tell you something else? A lot of men out there sniffing too. A lot of men out there sniffing. I'm going to, I'll get into all this. Bear, bear with me. I promise. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Go, go ahead and do the communion here with us. Lead us. Lead us here, Joe. Hey, call your pastor. Time to tune in. Yes, Coach. <laughs> yeah, call him right now. Call your pastor right now. Say, Pastor, you need to get out and hear what Coach going <clears throat> Yeah. Hey, say, hey, in fact, call him and say, hey, Pastor, Coach is talking about you. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Uh, can we please go to John 3, 16 to 21? <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his only Begotten Son. He loved the world, not just the people in it. Go ahead, Joe. That whoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth is not condemned or is not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. Mm. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in. God. Mm. Wow. Um, if we go to Matthew 26, 26 to 29. Um, first, I have a, clip, a short prayer. Heavenly Father, We thank you for this fellowship across this great country of ours, across this land from sea to sea, and in some other parts of the world. And we thank you for the technology that lets us be together in agreement and today worshiping and learning about you. And we thank you so much that you did so love the world that you gave your only begotten son Mm. that we might not perish but have everlasting life amen and lord we cannot fathom what that means we do not understand a love so big as that we try to comprehend it and but we are grateful and so lord as we come to you we (coughs) and drink with this meal that heals this morning. Please forgive us our trespasses and our transgressions as we examine ourselves before you, bring us cleansing to the light, and let us walk in the light. Let us do what you would have us do. Let us go out into the world and make disciples, Lord, not just converts, but disciples thank you lord and bless this bread and this drink representing your body and your blood amen 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 Amen. and as they were eating jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye 
all of it. But this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Good job, Joe. Good word. Good word. Good word. Wow. You know what I love about the Bible? The little words. The little words. Say, keep that up there, Spencer. I love the little words. Say, Coach, what do you mean? Well, those words that everybody just kind of reads, and they don't really read it. He said this. Little words. And he took a cup, verse 27, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Woo! I got Holy Spirit goosebumps there. Don't sip it, dudes. You're either all in or you're not. <laughs> Drink all of it. Drink all of it. Drink all of it. And most of Christianity is, is little sippies, little sippy cups. In fact, Jesus talked about uh, the fact that uh, we're still on mother's milk, right? It's my contention. That's where most of us are. <clears throat> Here's where I'm going this morning. Uh, every day, every day when I come, every day when I come down here, I, sometimes I come down. I want to be lighthearted. I want to tell. I want to. I want to give you an encouraging word. I, I want to do that. But then again, that's what every Sunday is like in your church, isn't it? So I'll leave that up to your pastor. You go to your pastor and let him pat you on the back and tell you what a brave soldier you are and how wonderful it is and how all these blessings Jesus has for you. you, can go, you can find, there's a lot of places you can find that. I'd rather dig a ditch. I'd rather dig a ditch. Speaking of ditches, we're going to get about two inches of rain today. I think I'm going to go sit out in that pond. <laughs> Hope that water runs in. Lord, run in. That. Let that water run in that pond. Lord. Where's our leadership? Where is our leadership? I, I, I've, been, I've been wondering, am I the only one? And, you know, I, I, you guys know this. I'm hard. I'm hard on pastors. I'm hard on them. And people don't seem to mind if you get, get hard on a politician. You get hard on a football coach. Or, Hard on whatever. But at what point did our pastors get beyond criticism? They said, well, be careful, Coach Dave. The uh, Bible says to touch not thine anointed. And I said, dude, let me tell you something. I'm anointed to touch you because you ain't anointed. See, it's not a blank, touch not thine anointed. It is not a Touch not thine anointed, says. Don't fool with somebody who's doing the Lord's job. Don't fool with them. You don't say, touch not everybody ordained. Touch not every pulpit. Don't say that. It says, touch not mine anointed. And I think I've been anointed to irritate. Actually, not to irritate. To coach. To be, a lot of irritation goes on in coaching. A lot of it, man. A lot of guys left football practice mad at me, thinking they'd never come back. They didn't like what I said to them. Didn't like what we made them to do. Didn't like how we criticized them. Didn't like any of that stuff. But it was my job to make sure that when they walked out there on Friday night, they were prepared, that they didn't get overwhelmed because they didn't realize how violent and tough and uh, uh, what what that football field was going to be like. And if they weren't prepared to go out on that field, that was my fault. It wasn't theirs. Was you with me? And for the most part, uh, we are not being prepared to actively engage an aggressive, hateful, destructive enemy. We're not. We're, they don't even teach us. They don't even teach us about it. They don't. Uh, I, I don't even even know really if the men standing in our pulpits 
really understand the dark side. I'm, I'm honest. I don't. I don't know if they even understand it. Do you, do you guys know this? I don't know if you've picked up on this from me. I'm consumed by it. I'm consumed. I see it everywhere I look. I see the. I see the enemy at work everywhere I look. And I just try to think if I wasn't even a Christian, and this was going on, I'd put a stop to it. Yeah, you know, I would. If I would, I don't even have to be a Christian to be sick and tired of the fact that there's sending my money to Ukraine. You don't have to be a Christian to be sick and tired about that. Yeah, I don't have to, you don't have to be a Christian to get ticked off that they're cutting off little boys' dinkers. You don't have to be a Christian for that to, to make you mad. In fact, if you are a Christian, you're not allowed to be mad. Now, remember, brother, I'm like, show him love, brother. Love, they're teaching that little boy that he's a girl. Love, what's, what's wrong with you? But that's the message of the church, isn't it? And I was thinking about uh, this morning, God's so good. I was, I was thinking, uh, let me, I got to say this, just came up in me. I love my wife so much. She's such an encouragement to me, you don't even know. She just, I love my wife. And I, and I, was, I was looking around, I was thinking <clears throat> about those guys on J6. Still, we now know, I got, I got some of this information, probably not going to be able to show it to you today. There's no doubt, absolutely no doubt at all, that the government set up those guys at January 6th. Do you guys know that? Do you you want me to do an entire show proving to you that that was an entire setup? Do I need to do that, or do you realize that? I'm asking. Do do you guys need more evidence? Do you need me to do that? Or, Or do you actually understand that the FBI infiltrated and set that up against Christians? Do you understand that or not? And their guy's still sitting in jail. And they're happy about it. I'm going to show you some of that stuff here this morning. <clears throat> and it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make anybody mad. It doesn't make anybody mad. And I, and I, and I, feel, bad, I feel bad about myself because I'm, I'm, what am I doing about it? But those are real men with real families, real Americans, real Christians who are locked in jail and then nobody gives a hoot in hell about it. I was about to pull my hair out. You know, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Lord, I, here's what I can do. I can go do something, and then they'll lock me up, and then, then who's going to fight? I'm not afraid to go get locked up. I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to do that. Like my old buddy Flip Venom says, it just put me in a, God just put me in a jail ministry. <laughs> All right, I'll share the gospel in there. I don't want to do that though, because boy, after all the conveniences of life are gone. You know, I can't be with my grandbabies and love my wife and do the stuff I love to do. With and I, boy, I can't do that. No, 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 no. And so I let those guys sit there in jail. Just a question. Uh, I'm going to put my ear up because I want to hear. How many of you have heard from your pastor a sermon on January 6th about those guys? I'm waiting. Huh? You're not going to hear. Crickets. What the heck? Why is it? Yeah, I, I bet you've heard more sermons on the poor kids in Haiti than you have the poor men locked up in jail. Because can I tell you why? The last thing they want, the last thing they want is any kind of controversy, especially from the government. I'm going to show you a video here today. Because I got encouraged from a place I never thought I'd get encouraged, Tucker Carlson. Now, I've said a lot of things about Tucker Carlson, and I don't know if he's a double agent. I don't know all that stuff, right? I know this. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> that that guy right there on your screen right now uh, doesn't say anything without the approval of those above him. If he says the wrong thing, he's going to end up not having a job, all right? And uh, to be honest with you, I said this about Rush Limbaugh, and, and uh, people got mad. In fact, my old buddy, uh, Don Crail, who just died, buddy, 91 years old, he got mad at me one of the times I was speaking because I said, uh, I asked the question, does Russell Limbaugh do anything except talk? You mean Russell, you mean to tell me, he's dead, of course, Russell Limbaugh. You mean to tell me that he has uh, 12 million people listening to him and he can't organize those 12 million people to do something? Well, 
That wasn't Russia's job. Russia's job was a pressure valve. You listen to Rush Limbaugh for three hours, and at the end of the day, he thought, wow, everything's under control. Russia's got it all figured out. But he never organized a protest. He never organized a march on what? He never did anything. And it, you know this, as people would have followed. He would have followed. So I'm, I'm really, really leery of anybody. Glenn Beck, I could go on and on. Glenn Beck led Glenn Beck. He went to the border, showed his Christianity by feeding the people streaming across the border. Glenn Beck thought that was the Christian thing to do. These people were breaking the law. Glenn organized going down and feeding these people. Yeah, I understand the kids coming across starving. I get, I get it. I get it. But we saw what happened when Donald J. Trump said, hey, everybody come to Washington, D.C. And everybody came because why? Everybody's looking for somebody. They're looking for a leader. Somebody to tell them what to do. They're sick and tired of it. And they look around and I look around right now, right here where I am. I look around. I don't know who the, pardon me. I don't know who the hell I'd go to if there was a local problem and I wanted it stopped. I don't know. I don't know who I would go to. I would go to the, so they're teaching to cut off little boys' wangers at school. And I go before a board and I get three minutes. I get three minutes to tell them how wrong it is and nobody comes with me? Am I the only one that thinks that I think there's something wrong with cutting off little boys' dingers? They're tallywhackers? Church doesn't care about that? Has the church fallen into the lie that trust the government? Has the church fallen into the lie that separation, it's going somewhere, separation between the church and state? Can you name for me one one, what I would call secular talk show host, whatever that means to you, secular, anywhere that you would turn on, who is unashamedly Christian. Do you know, do you know of, all, of all the tolerance and diversity and everything you have, can you name to me one openly bold Christian talk show host? And the answer is no. No. We get, we get uh, people who have, uh, oh, here's what they do. They shove us onto Christian Radio in Christian TV. Here you go. Here you little Christians. Go over here to Salem Radio, and you can listen to Jesus all day long. Or hey, here, here, go to TBN, and you can listen to Jesus all day long. But they never blend the two. And I don't. I can't. I don't sit around anymore. Say, boy, I can't wait till Wednesday night because on Wednesday night, uh, Bodie Bauckham's going to be on. I'm going to watch Bodie Bauckham on on or Jason. What's that guy's name? Jason. The, uh, Help me out, Vinny, the black guy, the Jason Whitlock. Uh, does he have a show? He have a, does he have an unashamedly Christian show? No, no, no. They're not, not going to let that happen. Why? Well, I'm going to show you why here, okay? From all people, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. And I'm not here rubbing his back, and I'm not saying that he's here. I'm not saying, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to sh- show you about, about six minutes here. I don't know if I've heard, I don't know if I've ever heard any non-Christian program say what this guy's about to say. I want, I want, I want you to catch this. I'm getting ready to play it. I made a note to myself here. Let me put my glasses on. <clears throat> Tucker Carlson, are you ready? Calls pastors breastfeeding Christians. I stood up. Hey, Tubra, I stood up. I took attention. I said, What? Breastfeeding Christians? This is about six minutes, but it's worth the time. Spencer, maybe you could play it on 1.5 because Tucker talks really slow. This is this whole segment's worth seeing. But listen to what Tucker Carlson says here. Go ahead. With guns that I just know, liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. He doesn't care. He's got no soul, obviously. And if anything, Josh Hawley's description is too narrow. It's not just Catholics that Merrick Garland has targeted with force. It's anybody who expresses a belief in biblical Christianity in public. But it is true that Catholics do seem to be getting a disproportionate share of federal law enforcement attention under Joe Biden. The FBI, as you may know, just drafted a memo claiming that radical traditional Catholics are somehow a national security threat, presumably because they tend to pray outside of abortion clinics. In March of 2021, Paul Vaughn and 10 others were peacefully praying at an abortion clinic in Tennessee. They didn't damage any property. They hurt no one. 
More than a year after they dared to do that to pray, Merrick Garland sent the FBI to terrorize Vaughn and his 11 children at their home. But if you're not going to let me, then I'll just... No, I want to know why you were banging on my door with a gun. You're not going to tell me anything? No, you're not. I, I, I tried. You no, you didn't. Yes, did. You did not try. Hired gun! There's a hired gun! You have to wonder when you see a tape like that, where are so-called Christian leaders? Where's Russell Moore and all the other breastfeeding Christians as that happens, as the U.S. government cracks down on Christianity, on prayer? Silent. Paul Vaughn and his co-conspirators now face more than a decade in prison. Meanwhile, just in case you want to know what the scale is for punishment, the Department of Justice under Joe Biden let half the rioters go who tried to torch a courthouse in Oregon. No charges whatsoever. Of 99 cases that the Portland U.S. attorney brought over that courthouse siege for crimes like assaulting federal officers and civil disorder, more than 47 were dropped by DOJ. The most serious penalties for most of the defendants who pleaded guilty turned out to be community service. So the DOJ under Merrick Garland absolves Joe Biden voters of actual terrorism while doing everything they can to terrify, humiliate, and destroy people who pray in public. They're targeting specifically anyone who is religious, humiliating them in front of their children. Now, why are they doing this? Well, because on some level, all governments hate religious people because it's competition. And revolutionary governments, totalitarian governments, go after religious people first. It happened in the French Revolution, happened in the Bolshevik Revolution, and it's happening now. That's why parents who dare to complain about their children being sexually indoctrinated and openly sexualized are attacked, in some cases, by the DOJ. Again, you can see why. Young people raised to believe that God is in charge are much harder for the government to control as they grow up. They won't worship the government. But, by contrast, if a child is raised to be a narcissist, someone who thinks, well, I could change my gender, he will grow up confused, weak, and reliant on the people in charge of the state. Uh-huh. It's a very simple Root principle. Up weak. It's why the Maoist government went after Tibetan monks. Anyone who sincerely believes in God is a threat. And that is the measure of a free country in the end. Are you allowed to believe that there's an authority higher than the people in charge of your government? That has always been the hallmark of America, religious liberty. It's in the First Amendment. But in Canada, of course, that's all disappeared. Canada has now become an atheist totalitarian state with amazing speed. And in Canada, it's now a crime to object to sexualized drag shows for children. You're not allowed to say a word. Late last month, month, a pastor in Calgary was violently thrown out of an all-ages numbers for children drag queen story hour for daring to object to the sexualization of children. Watch this. So that's the video. That's what happened. Who committed the violence in that video? The guy on the ground was the pastor. Before we answer the question, some context will remind you that in Canada, showing any disloyalty at all to the Trudeau government could get your bank account frozen and your truck seized. So maybe you're not surprised to learn that that man on the ground, whose name is Pastor Derek Reamer, who showed profound disrespect for Justin Trudeau's ongoing efforts to sexualize children and mutilate the genitals of children, woke up yesterday to the police banging on his door and telling him he was going to be arrested. Why are you showing up at my home? This is where you live, right? Yeah, you guys you could call me and we could... Sorry, you could have called me. I'll be trying to. When? Sorry. We talk about what happened Hired in the right? Why do we do my job, boss? We're going to be arrested for it and charged. Okay. So we can we'll do it this morning, or I could just put warrants out for you. Charged with what? Mischief and causing disturbance. Where are all the professional Christians? You have to wonder that again. Listen. Where's David French and Beth Moore and Tim Keller and all these people who are defending Christianity as actual Christians are being arrested for being Christians? Hmm. Actual Christians being arrested for being Christians. Well, today, Pastor Derek Reamer confirmed that a warrant was out for his arrest for hate crimes, and he was right about that. He was not overstating it because this afternoon he was literally arrested. Why? By a woman. Is there a reason you're blocking me from using the sidewalk? Okay, you can I'm not going to instruct them. What do you say? Where are they? Where's Frank Graham? Oh, I'm not going to run. TD Jakes! John MacArthur! Oh, where are those guys? Back for? Where are they? Pardon? Will you provide your ID? For you to answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Why is he being arrested? His warrants. Warrants out for his arrest? Shut it off. You can shut it off. I, I could be wrong about him, but I don't think so. I don't think so. And even a casual Christian Episcopalian, I believe he is, understands where the hell is God's team? I feel vindicated. 
I feel vindicated. We, we can't. We, and all the times that I've gone to the abortion clinic, and I confess I haven't been gone as regularly as I have, and all the times that I go into the abortion clinic, maybe for 10 years I went to the abortion clinic, I can't name five pastors that ever showed up. Not five, not five, not five. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Not three. They're murdering babies. By the way, still murdering. The Supreme Court said there is no right to murder a baby, and they're still murdering them. Not a peep from the pulpit. Well, I got a lot of stuff to read. Lost. I got scripture. I could pound you over the top of the head with scripture if that's what you want me to do. Huh? How about this one? How about this one? Pull it up for me. I got to find it there. Where is it? Where is it? Hang on. I can't find it. Yes, no, okay. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. <laughs> Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. <laughs> They call you a shepherd because you're supposed to protect the people. Feed my freaking sheep. We're rubbing people on the back. We're telling them how brave they are. Feed my sheep. Protect the flock. They're locked up in Washington, D.C. Come on in, Tuber. I know you're feeling this one. Well, Coach, all I got to say two things. One is, when I got my truck stolen here in Portland, Oregon, they did nothing. I went to court. It was unbelievable. They threw me out because I went after them. And the second thing is, when they arrest you and you go to jail, I'm not doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Hey, Tim. You'll just find somebody else to listen to in the morning. Hey, maybe if I get arrested, you can sleep in. <laughs> uh, oh, I, Tim, I, I'm telling you the truth. Jesus said in John 21, 17, <laughs> he just fed them all. He just taken care of them, just fed them all. And he said unto them the third time, Simon, son of Joseph, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he'd said unto him three times, of course I love you. And he said unto them, Lord, you know that you know all things. You know I love you. And Jesus said, Do me a favor. What do you do? You take care of my people for me. You think he meant just feed them sermons? Is that what you think he meant? Huh? Feed my sheep. You want me to take care of you? We pray to the Lord, protect me. Protect this Lord. Protect my family. Oh Lord, protect my family. Protect. The with sure as hell won't protect anybody else. Boom. Boom. He says, you see what I've done for all of you? Do that for my sheep, will you? Will you protect them? T.D. Jakes. Uh, T.D. Fakes. I don't, Franklin Graham. Can somebody tell me why Franklin Graham has not called for American Christians to surround the jail where those prisoners are and pray until they're released? Can somebody tell me why they haven't? Because he's got a commercial on Fox News that says, Hey, give me money. <laughs> no, he's too busy doing mercy ministries because everybody loves to do mercy. He's gone down there and he's spending all his money feeding the children who've got flies crawling in and out of their nose. That's that's what somebody say, amen. Somebody say, amen. Amen. But then that's ministry. See, see that, that's, that's peacetime. That's hospital ministry. Amen. That's hospital ministry. We're in a freaking war. We're in a war. We're doing hospital ministry. I feel vindicated today. I know I'm right. Hey, pastors, save the freaking emails, will you? Save them. Save them. I don't want to hear it. What would you do if it was you in jail? What would you do if your butt's in jail and the rest of us are out here carrying on, putting on masks, letting our kids be be uh, uh, perverted by the school system while your butt's in jail. 
And Tim Tuber's right. They throw me in jail. You guys will find somebody else to listen to. No. Come on in, Roger. Oh, Dave, I, I wish I had some great thing to say, something that was profound, something <laughs> that much was... much to say, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think of, I just wish I had something really profound and some great scripture to read or something, but it, it, Carl, it, it, Carlson hit it on the head, and, and that's, I think what puzzles me is history shows us the appeasers once the people take over, the appeasers are the first they kill. Oh, buddy. I mean, that's historic. Uh, those that go along with the change, those that go along with the appeasers, those that go along with the revolutionaries, they all are wiped out once the revolutionaries take over. And that's hmm. what's going on here. There is a revolution from the deep state, the revolution from evil to take over. And they're going to go first to the pastors and take care of them. That's how history is. Especially the ones like me. I ain't a pastor, but you get what I'm saying, right, Roger? Well, yeah, I mean the quiet pastors, the pastors. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. They they'll, think if we just they'll go if, compliantly. They'll yeah. march right on the freaking bus. And they think that they're going to be spared when the revolutionaries take That's control. Right. Right. They're the first ones that are killed. It's always been that historically. Always been that way. Well, them and the traitors. Let me show you something. That, let me. Okay. I used this yesterday with the seniors at, at Thomas Woodlands in high school. You ready? Hey, yeah, uh, Spencer. There's Spencer this morning, isn't it? I didn't even look at him. Sorry, man. Morning, Spencer. Type in ISIM, ism, ism. And I presented it to those kids yesterday, and they about cracked. You will too, by the way. Definition of ism, ISM. You got that spelled wrong, dude. ISM. That's not even a spelling. ISM. Click on it. What's it say? Ism. Well, uh, right up at the search box. Ism. What's your choices? No, no, no. Ism. There, go to dictionary.com. Go to dictionary.com and type in ism. That's not what I did, but it, that'll work. Ism. Ism. A distinctive doctrine, theory, system of practice. Wait a minute. An ism is a doctrine? I thought there was a separation between the church and doctrines. I thought there was a separation between doctrines and state. Scroll on down. See what else it says about ism. Isms. A suffix appearing in uh, uh, which was used to form action nouns, blah, 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 blah. That was this, the origin. I hate it. What did I have up yesterday? Anyway, an ism is a freaking religious belief. Humanism, racism. Come on, come on. Tell me, some, let me hear some isms. Let me hear some. Come on. Socialism, Marxism. Mormonism. Come on, come on, come on. Buddhism, come on. evangelism. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And what is ism? It's a distinctive doctrine. And they tell you, there it is, there it is, thank you. A distinctive doctrine calls a theory, a practice, a process, a manner of action or behavior characterized of a specific person or thing, prejudice or discrimination on the basis of a specific, specified attribute. We'll have a heart attack. Abnormal state or condition resulting from an excess of of alcohol, a doctrine, theory, religion, Catholicism. It's in your face, baby. Isms are everywhere, but no Christianity. Christianity. Oh no, 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 no. Oh no, you ain't bringing in that. So they sneak an ism under the door. I thought there was a alcoholism. Yeah, Paul. I thought there was a separation between isms and state. Evidently not, huh? Aren't you glad you listened to the show? Because you didn't know this. You didn't know this. Now you now your mind's racing in all the isms. Wow, yeah. This is an ism, and that is an ism, and that is an ism. And what is it? Go back up at the top, because I think that the very first one. Oh, look at number two. Can you guys read with me? An ism is an oppressive 
an especially discriminatory attitude or belief. Are you reading that? Racism is an oppressive and especially discriminated. Oh, sexism is an oppressive and especially discriminatory attitude or belief. Really? Environmentalism is an oppressive and especially discriminatory attitude or belief. Coach, globalism. Globalism! Huh? Come on, man. Wake up, dude. Religion's everywhere. It's everywhere. And they're demanding you obey their religion. And then they lock Boom. up guys who guys well, they lock up men who are Christians. Not, not Christianism, they're Christians, and they show up. And what isn't it amazing that all these other isms, these false fake beliefs, gang up against the one true faith? Oh, I nailed it again. Why are we losing? We can't even beat isms. We can't even beat isms. Is there such a thing as Christianism? Wait a minute. Uh oh. Don't coach. No, Lord, I don't have to say. What about Pentecostalism? Catholicism. An oppressive and especially discriminatory. Oh, no wonder those Baptists don't like those Presbyterians. It's an oppressive and especially discriminatory attitude of belief. See, they're isms. They're not Christians. Baptists are isms. They're not Christians. If you go to one of your neighbors and you ask them what religion they are and they give you an ism, then you know. They don't serve the, they don't serve the Lord. They're serving a an oppressive and especially discriminatory attitude of belief. Dang, this is good. George, come on in. George, then uh, Jeff. Yes, Coach, you, you nail it every single day. But this is the thing. This is, I said it on the very first day. It's a synonym for all of these isms. It is written by Satan. It's his verbiage. It's Satan's, Satan's verbiage. Right. All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it is. The government, governmentalism, environmentalism. It's a religion. It's an expressive religion. See it? Oh, but the coach is a separation between isms and state, isn't it? No, no. The state is an ism. Statism. Oh, so good. Jeff, come on in. Coach, that's the exact message I give the school board last month. Isms, religion, and all that. I just ripped them. Yesterday, I had a pastor come in my office. He was there for about 20 minutes. Wanted me to buy some books, put little ads in these books for preschoolers. I said, buddy, I've done that before 10 years ago. Said, ain't doing it no more. I said, the kids are reading filthy books in second grade now. And you think we're going to fix the problem by giving them good little books, cartoon books in preschool. So I went through all the J6 stuff, Pastor Bill, on and then this kids in the schools. I said, buddy, let me tell you something. 140 churches in this county. I can't get one stinking pastor to show up at a stupid board meeting. They don't want to protect the kids. And then I give him John nope. Ten. Oh, man, he just, he didn't say nothing the whole 15, 20 minutes. And then finally he said, what's that pastor's name? I'll pray for him. And he laughed. Yeah, there you he go. Transgenderism, Jeremy, right. Transgenderism. It's a religion. It's a prejudice or discrimination on the basis of a specific attitude. Yeah, yeah, transgenderism. Yeah, a sickness. Neuteredism. Neuteredism. <laughs> uh, Roger, you still got your hand up. Do you want to come in? I figured you just didn't take it down. Myra. Yes, Coach. In regard to the isms, the breastfeeding pastors, uh, tomorrow events, um, Luke 12, 2 through 4. And this is a Bible verse you have talked to several times. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you 
have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after have no more that they can do. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay, okay, I, I, I heard it. You're not going to believe this. I know his voice. And here's what he said. Stop giving money to him. Boom. They guilted you into tithing. They've guilted you into tithing. I'm going to say it again. They have guilted you into tithing. tithing. Selective scriptures, right? What about feed my sheep? Do they do, do they do they follow that one? How about this one? Do they have, follow the one that says have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them? Do they do they follow through on that one? Do they teach you that that's just as important as tithing? I bet not. Starve them. Amen. Starve them. Starve them. Send it to me. Send the money here. We're going to put it on the front lines. We're going to. We're going to fight with them. You know, you give it to that church because Pastor Tommy Tutu's toes says you're supposed to. Pastor Terry, whatever. Well, I understand. But uh, no, but not. See, where's the Christian church with the fact they're stealing money from you and giving it to Ukraine? Where's the, where's the Christian? Where's the Christian church? Why isn't the Christian church Leading a rebellion against taxation. Can somebody tell me that? Where is it? Where is the? Where is the? Where's the I, uh, I'm I'm beating a dead horse. I'm sorry. Come on, Eileen. Now back to Franklin Graham. As many pastors, they were bought and paid for, especially yep. by Pfizer, because Franklin Graham is a pawn of Pfizer because he was promoting the jab. It's uh, uh, Jesus wants you to take it. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Makes my stomach turn. Makes my stomach turn, too. Does. Makes my stomach turn. Man, oh, man. I don't even know what to say. Judah, come on. Thanks, Judah. I just want to let the lady who just spoke know, you know, those Franklin Graham and Billy Graham, that whole group, as we grew up, we were indoctrinated with through what we saw on TV about who they were supposed to be, not realizing that their order was leading the Georgia Guidestones Ten Commandments, which are in direct opposition to what Christians <laughs> believe. You got it, man. Huh? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yep. How about that? Go, go ahead, man. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on in, George. My my, my mind's racing. Hey, hey friends, listen. Uh, Hang on, George. Hang yeah. on. I want you guys, I hope you guys know this. I can tell us. The Lord's gifted me with the ability to communicate. I, I could be living in the most beautiful mansion in the world if I simply went and said, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to blow smoke up the hind end of your people and I'm going to say all kinds of loving things and encourage them about how they can have a better life and how they can show. I can, I can, my schedule would be full. I don't know. Have you guys picked that up yet? Have you picked up yet that I'm a motivator? Have you picked up on that yet? <laughs> you, don't think I could, you don't think I could go in there and tell a story about a dog that make a cat cry? And the people give big enough. You don't think I can do that? I, I won't. I won't. I'd rather eat mud. Hey, Dale. I'd rather eat crawfish than do that. I won't do that. But many do. Go ahead, George. Yes, Coach. You're definitely a motivator. You motivate me. Uh, Billy Graham is a thirty. Was a thirty-three degree Freemason. That's the reason. Well, sure. And there, the, there's so many others. And there isn't, there isn't a president that doesn't welcome Billy Graham. I'm, I'm, wait a minute. I don't know if Biden did or not. Biden claims to be a Christian. 
He follows Catholicism. What's that tell you? Catholicism. Come on, Paul. I think I sent you a, uh, also sent you a Twitter talking about the Bible and testosterone of all things. Um, I think one of the things that we have to be careful of is not as men is not to become emotional. I don't mind being crazy, but uh, being emotional is another uh, problem. So to react to situations, we got to use that rational mind and uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit will help us guide us. So we can't go off the deep end on this, even though my whole life has been like that. Amen. Amen, Paul. Hey, look, folks. You know, I'm going to look. Boom. You're not going to read anywhere in the scriptures where Jesus promised us an easy march, an easy walk. You won't find that anywhere. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. He told us you're going to be hated of all men. They're going to hate you. Why, why do we have a love gospel when his promise, Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, Spencer, pull that up there. Hey, friends, Jesus is not schizophrenic. He was not schizophrenic, okay? He's not. <clears throat> go on, go on down there. Go about verse 10. Let's see what it says down there. Uh, blessed are you when men shall revile you. Hey, Spence, what's Mr. Webster said revile is? To reproach, to treat with appropriate and contemptuous language. Blessed are you. She revileth him to his face. Hey, Spencer, did we do this before? What is opprobrious? See if you can find that word. Because that's the kind of language they're going to treat me with. Reproachful and contemptuous, scurrilous, blasted with infamy, despised, rendered hateful. Jesus said, go into all the world and teach them what? Go back to Matthew 5. To be hated of all men. Uh, blessed are you, are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh-oh, there's that word. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice! Be exceedingly glad. Not just glad. Throw a party! Why? Great your reward in heaven. Crown, baby. Crown, you're getting a crown. You're getting a jewel. Because they persecuted the prophets which were before you, just like you. That's why you're the salt of the earth. But if you lost your savior, how can you ever be salty again? It's good for nothing. Fake, phony Christian, especially in the pulpit, is good for nothing. Except to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. You're the light of the world. City set on a hill. It can't be hid. And so men don't hide the gospel, put it under a bushel bag, say, I don't do that. No. They put it on a candlestick. It gives light to the whole house. When they do that, your light so shines before men that they see your good works and they glorify your Father, which is heaven, which is in heaven. And by the way, I don't think I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I, I didn't come to destroy them. I came to fulfill them. How how does this happen? How do we go from that out of his own words, out of his own mouth, to an entirely different gospel, which Jude warned us about. Pull Jude up, Jude, that evil men are going to creep in unawares. I love this show. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write of you and common salvation, is need for me to write to you and exhort you earnestly contend for the faith, which is once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men who crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of God from judgment into do whatever the heck you want to do. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? Earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend. Randy, come on in. I'm running out of time. Coach, you, you answered your question with that verse. Why won't they uh, get involved? Is because 
the church doesn't think they need to get involved because the words have been changed just enough that they believe another gospel. They don't believe the gospel Paul preached. They don't believe the gospel Peter preached. They believe another gospel. They see another. Randy, hang on a second. Spencer, look up. If anyone comes preaching another gospel, keep going, Randy. So, so coach, if they're fearful to be pushed back on, to be reproached, to be persecuted, they are believing another gospel, period. Boom. Galatians 1.8. Galatians 1.8. King James. Huh? 1.8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, there must be another one. There must be another gospel. <laughs> Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, there are, right? There's all kinds of Gospels. It's the Gospel of the Kingdom. It's the Gospel of Salvation. Go- gospel is nothing more than truth. That's all Gospel is. And they brought a different Gospel. Daggone. We're nailing it today. Go ahead, George and Jeff. Since we're talking about different Gospels, there are different Gospels. And I found out. And this, you want to put this in the chat. And everybody needs to see it. It's under... Amazing Discoveries under Total Onslaught, uh, episode 13. George, put it in the chat. You put it in the chat. I, I, like. I don't know. Coach, I don't, I'm not tech. Kind of, I don't know how. Are you, are, are you on a phone? Yeah. Oh, okay. It'd be, it'd be harder for you. I'm sorry. All right. Janine will put it in there. She knows where you're heading. Okay. Janine, you. Janine will stick that in there. Jeremy Powell, come on in here. You were in here earlier and took your hand down. Good show. <laughs> That's all you got, man. I, mean, I, I don't mean that in a critical way. I'm not going to try to pull something out of you if you didn't want to say. It is a good show. It is a good show. Jeff, come on in. Coach, we'll put our light on the stick next Thursday night. School board meeting in East Knox here, just for the local people are listening. The enemy's going to show up. I think it'll be in force. So they're really hating right now. So we're going to keep going. You know what, though? They won't quit because they serve their God of self far more than we serve ours. I was going to read Psalm 78, but I didn't figure y'all were up to it today. Because it's not a feel-good, rub you on the back, aren't you brave soldier kind of thing. It ain't good. It ain't good. But you owe it to yourself today to read Psalm 78. Joe Allen, come on in, Joe. Where's the black road? Excuse me. Where's the black road regimen, Coach? No, pink rope. They don't, they don't, huh? No. When they come back. Uh, I, Joe, I don't know, man. I don't know. But see, here, here's, what, here's what we have to understand. God is moving away from these churches. Ichabod, oh my goodness. Ichabod's been written on the door. Ichabod. Hey, there you go, Spencer. Look it up. Go to Webster. Go to Webster, Spence. And look up Ichabod. Because the Bible said Ichabod is written over the door. Ichabod. I-C-H-O-B-A-D. I think that's it, isn't it? Ichabod? How do you spell Ichabod? Anybody know Ichabod? C-H-A-B-O-D. Ichabod. Can I tell you? We can't find it. Hey, Spencer, just type in Ichabod and see. Come on. Hang on. We're running out of time here. Hang on, hang on. I know what it is. I want you to see it. Ichabod. First Samuel, coach. Huh? First Samuel, chapter. First Samuel. Ichabod three. means this. And we can't find it. First Samuel. Ichabod means this. The spirit has departed. Ichabod is written over the door of most American churches. Ichabod. Mm. The spirit is. Well, there it is. In Hebrew, it means without glory or where is the glory so ichabod is over the door of the church spirits departed baby ain't no ain't no hey i'm sorry i'm sorry there ain't no holy spirit in most mainstream denominational churches they 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 reject the holy spirit they reject it amen ichabod thank you Bad used to express regret for departed glory. Thank you, Teresa. Departed glory. The glory has departed. 
And can I tell you what? The Lord's going to give that spirit to someone else. Something great's about to happen. God bless. See you tomorrow. No, I won't. See you Monday. <laughs>